Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Jason. I am so blessed to be able to be with you guys today on this podcast. I want to talk on this podcast. I've I've really been uh, thinking about some different ideas. If you have some ideas, then please feel free to email me at pj at evidence.church or also just reach out to me through Facebook Messenger or my phone. If you have my phone number, you're welcome to be able to do that. But as I was thinking about these different things, I really have had on my heart lately uh, probably a little bit about uh, some of my life and what's happened, uh, what's been happening, which has been all good stuff is that I've really been thinking about how to hear from God. So I want to talk to you on this podcast about hearing from God. I know sometimes uh, we, we we talk to different people and we get different opinions. So I thought, let's just go to Scripture today and look at some different things that the Word of God says about hearing from Him. And one of the things I always use when I'm talking to someone, I know some of you help people, many of you probably disciple someone, maybe you counsel someone, so uh, as you as you help someone, there was an illustration used years ago, I believe it was Dr. Reiner that shared it with me about hearing from God. And one of the there's there's a place in Italy that there are ships that are there, and there's a channel that the ships go down. And in this channel, there's some very large ships that go down it. And in that channel, there's a lot of rocks and there's a lot of, of highs and lows, and they've had a lot of shipwrecks in that area. So what they did in that area in Italy was they went ahead and on the on the on the port where all of the ships come into, it's a narrow channel that runs down through there, and on the end of the port what they did is they put some lights and they put them in a row. So as you're looking straight ahead and you line the lights up, it'll look like one light. But if you get off course, you know, you may be even a mile or two miles away, but if you get off course just a little bit, and then as you get off course, those lights will begin to separate and you'll see instead of one light, you'll see three lights. So they're stationed perfectly in line to where there is a straight shot down that that channel there in Italy to where the boats will not hit and maybe shipwreck. And sometimes when we're making decisions, uh, we kind of get things out of order for emotion wise or, or for different reasons. And so it's always important to remember there's some practical things. And if you get these lights lined up, I believe that God will honor that and that it'll be with you during this time. But number one, one of the lights you need lined up, I know there's been other uh, things written on this and most people say three, but I have four different things that I like to go back through my mind with and talk to God about as I'm praying. And one, number one, uh, that I need to make sure before I make a decision, especially if it's a big life change decisions, a lot of decisions we make, we don't need to pray about. We need to go to the store. We need to mow the yard. We need to do those things. We can do it on Monday or on Sunday. God's not real concerned with that. Uh, I try not to do mine on Sunday. I try to take a little break from that kind of work on Sunday at least, but you can, you can do that on whatever day. My point is, is now other decisions that are bigger, the bigger the decision, the more you need to make sure that these are right. And so a lot of, a lot of you probably aren't making decisions about buying a jug of milk or mowing the yard. I'm assuming, uh, you, you've had some bigger decisions and maybe you have some big decisions to come. But number one, the peace of God. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so as you think about that, he's going to tell you what is yet to come. And the Spirit of God knows things that we don't know. God is omnipresent. That means he's, he's here today. 
He can go to your past and he can go to the future. He is not constricted to being in time. We're one dimensional with time. We're time is today. Time is now. And now that I said time is now, that time is past, but God can be back there and he can be here and he can be in the future as well. And it says that he was there and then the foundation of the world, Jesus was there on the foundation of the, world. the spirit of God hovered over the waters. So he was omnipresent and he could still be there or he can come here. And I know that sounds heavy, but that's the point of listening to the Spirit of God, to have that peace of God. So the Spirit will speak to you. And one of the things I hear people saying, well, he's not speaking. I don't hear anything. Well, because that comes through prayer, which is, which is we find in Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, now this said everything, by prayer and, and petition or supplication, some version says, I, I printed a different version, with thanksgiving, present a request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so sometimes as you start making a decision, especially a big life change decision, you'll have anxiety. But here's what it says. It's the antidote for anxiety. Our church, we have these little braces that say Evidence Church. And on the back side, there's a little print in there that says Philippians 4, 6. Because it's so important, but do, do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and petition or supplication, with thanksgiving, present request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. When we're making a big decision, our mind has to be guarded because we will be anxious. We will be worried. We will think we're doing the wrong thing. I don't know if it's the right thing. And then if I don't do it, then I'm just, something's going to happen. Or if I do do it, then something bad's going to happen. Ho, ho, ho. You're not there yet. You've not gotten to the place you need to be to make the decision. Now, most decisions, if they're emergencies, you're going to make a decision anyway. But I've learned in my life, I've only had three or four opportunities to make big life changes that were really going to change some things in my life. And when you're going to go to those places, make sure you've prayed and prayed and prayed and you get the peace. Most people don't want to pray until the peace comes. They want to hurry up and make a decision whether it's wrong or right. And there's grace for that. God gives us grace. But I say, why I try to hijack God's system? It's the word of God that says it. But not only the peace of God, but then number two, the provision of God. This says in Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven get good, give good gifts to those who ask him? And I see a lot of people that make decisions and there's no provision. So first of all, if you don't have peace, then second of all, if you don't have provision, God will provide what you need in your decision. Now, I'm not, there's always an act of faith in every big major decision. You're not going to know what it's like until you get to the other side of this decision, whether it's yes, God, or no, God, or I will, or I won't. You're not going to know, but he will give you provision. So if you have a big life change that you're going to do, uh, maybe it's a different job that you're going to do. And you, and you basically are like, look, I need, I need more money. I'm going to this other place. I don't know what it's like. I have the peace of God to go, but you know, I, I, it's, it's not the greatest where I'm at. I'd sure like things to change. Well, first of all, wherever you go, you're there, you're going to be, and you're going to have people and it's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems, but I've heard be, have people quit jobs for jobs that they made less money and then they put themselves in a financial bind. Well, you got to be careful of that because God is providing for you where you are. And, and men of God, 
you are to be a, you're supposed to be the, the caretaker, the caregiver. You're supposed to supply the needs for your family. And I see people walk away from jobs and quit them because they don't like the people. Well, maybe sometimes you just need to pray for peace and how to minister to those people. But then they walk away and then they're in a financial bind and then their trouble's more complicated and they have a better place to, to work, but they, they're broke and then there's stress on their marriage and stress on their family. So I would stay. And, but at the same time, if you talk to an employer and you know, you're like, I can live with this job. It's just the money. And they say, Hey, look, we're going to give you 20,000 a year raise. Well, then probably God is, is going to use that. Doesn't mean it's always about money, but I got to use some circumstance, some situation. God will provide for you. In an area that you're at, I've seen ministers uh, that I love that are great men of God that they make decisions and it puts them under a lot of stress. And hey, what that's between them and God, whatever they do. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, what if they would have stayed or what if they would have got counsel? You know, maybe somebody could have helped them through that or walked them through that. Maybe there was something they weren't seeing. Um, a lot of times with big decisions with me, I go to a counselor. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open without that in my church. By the way, you should be open about that with people. And if you don't get counsel, you're going to have a difficult time because you need someone. What happens is when you're trying to make a decision, your emotional brain will be turning. And what happens, you kind of get, especially especially if there's circumstances that are weighing upon you and things that are happening, you 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 start, and, and emotions that are involved, you start kind of spinning in this emotional place. Well, sometimes you have to go to someone that can be a small group. We believe in small groups. I'm in currently uh, teaching, leading two small groups, and also I'm into active small groups of so four groups every month, and uh, one of them is every other week. Uh, but at the same time, as I'm doing that, I'm talking to people about what's going on. God is providing me wisdom around me, and I'm talking to people about it. And I've found hundreds of times in churches, people are going through major things, and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go to a counselor, so they isolate themselves. And I've found in my mind, if I can just share, the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. And if you've listened to me in this podcast, you know I believe in counseling. And, and, I, and I did it for years, more at the a church I served at for most of my ministry, uh, more than our church, because my, my time's just focused on other things now. But I believe in it, and but God will provide those people around you. The question is, will you speak to those people? Will you truly open up and be transparent? You know, James tells us that as we confess our faults one to another, we may be healed. So there's something that happens in this confessing and talking and working through things. You know, I figure this, hey, if people are going to talk about it and they're that bored, let them talk about me. But I need some people in my life. And if I don't, if I want it to be totally to where no one knows, I'm going to go pay a counselor to where he's, we know no one's going to know. And they, most people don't know him at the same time, but he'll make that provision for people in your life, that provision for finances in your life. And he also provide the peace. So it is a part of this. And then number one was peace of God. Number two, provision of God. Then number three, it's the plan of God. And there is a written will of God. I, I, I want to be clear. There is a written will of God that we have to try. I know it's not a list of things to do, but we have to adhere to the word of God. And it says this in Psalms 119, 105, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And so this idea, this whole framing this is it's the word that is a lamp into my feet. Some people are wondering about their path and wondering if they should make this decision when they really haven't taken it and put it in the word of God and said, is this good according to the word of God? 
is this opportunity that's going to open up for me or is this opportunity that, that I'm going to make this decision? Does it line up with the word of God? For instance, if I make any decision as, as a man that I'm not going to provide for my family, then that's not the word of God. You, you, you cannot, you cannot compromise that. That is what the word of God says. If I'm not going to honor someone and I'm going to make this decision and I'm showing not someone honor, including my, my parents, including people on my ministry team, including God himself. If I can't honor God and what I'm doing, then I don't need to make the decision. It's not even up for grabs. You, When you make decisions, you have to honor people. I hear people all the time say, well, my, my parents, they did this, they did that. It doesn't matter. You honored them. That's the word of God. And if you don't like the word of God, then you're going to have trouble. Because you're not making your decisions. So whatever decision I make, you honor those people around you. The Bible even says in Scripture that you're to honor those that labor over you. That's pastoral ministry. That's leadership ministry. It might be your small group leader. Whatever it is, it, whatever is your boss at work, they, they labor over you and you honor them according to the Word of God. If you want God to bless you, you have to honor those that God's put in your path. So that's always the plan of God, and you have to be sure. The word will be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. You know, there's two different things in the scripture. First of all, the under my feet, that's what's directly in front of you. That's okay. I'm making a decision today to do the right thing, to serve God, to, to be humble, to be kind, to be honoring. I'm doing the best I can. And when I don't, I repent. I say, I'm sorry. I work those relationship things out, whatever it is that I do. But then, so, so right here in front of my past, so I got to make a decision today to get up, to read the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to, 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 for me is get up early in the morning and go through my prayer book and pray for all of those people. I'm doing that. That's, that's, that's the moment what I'm doing, but then there's a lamp into my feet, but then a light into my path. Now that's further out. And so as you're praying God's plan, uh, when, when I was, for instance, when I was called to ministry, I immediately, I mean, I was saved like six months. I mean, I was ready to go preaching full time, but I knew I had a burden to minister but God had not provided. I was working for a company and, and I had kids at home and I mean, a lot of kids at home and it was very expensive. And, and, you know, we were probably, uh, you know, we had, we had a lot of debt and I mean, I was ready to go on the road, man. But at the same time, yes, I had that passion for today. So all I could do is, am I in a church and will they love me? By the way, every ministry should be in context of a church. I'm sure most people listening understand this, but that's why when we had a counseling center, we didn't start a counseling center down on Main Street and start a board. You can, if that's your calling, that's your calling. For me, I'm, I'm a pastor. I don't have to apologize for this. I believe ministry should start in churches. I believe that is the helping hospital that God has ordained to help people. There is ministry outside of churches, but I say, especially when you're starting, if you can't get one or two people to agree with you in church, it's just not time yet for that ministry, whatever that ministry be. And those are big decisions, but I find it happening all the time. People make a decision. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. And they start all kinds of things. There's no support. There's no counsel. There's no perimeters. You know, Hey, I know it's not just a big list of rules, but rules and, and things are, are good guidelines and, and you know, are, are good things. The word of God and people around you are good support for the decisions you make if you are doing ministry. And I know a lot of you aren't doing ministry, but remember, there's a plan today and there's a plan that's coming. Sometimes there are jobs. You know, I finally went into full-time ministry, I guess, after 
uh, thir- was it 13 years probably that I labored in church and work and I had a burden to be able to do that. I wanted to be able to help people more full time. And whatever it is that you're doing, you may have a burden to be able to help people financially, but right now you're in a financial bind. Well, the burden is there. So today you got to say, God, what do you want me to do with my finance today? How can I steward my finances today? So later on down my path, I can help people differently. And that's critical. And, and so if you don't get that daily light down by your feet, I know people that have so much vision, they see so far out, but practically, what do I need to do between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. to be able to make the decision so later down in my life, I can start doing things that I want to do? They have vision. They have heart. They have love. They want to be able to bless God's people. They want to be able to spend time with God's people. They want to be able to be in the church every time the doors are open, but they can't get their time figured out from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And and I find that with people. They have so much vision and so much heart. And what happens is, is when God shows you to do something, I'm talking about making decisions, life decisions. You know, life is not made up of normally one big decision or two big decisions. The greatest decision is to serve God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Do that first. And it says, seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And all all the worldly things will be added, but you got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. I know people that have a lot of plans, but they don't seek God with their life for their day for in the morning or into the evening and, and through the afternoon. And so pray without ceasing, the Bible says, but then they want to make decisions not based on the word of God, not with the peace of God, not with the provision of God. And then eventually it can't be the plan of God. How could it be the plan of God if I'm not doing the written will of God. You know, I know God's not going to call me for me personally. I'm, you know, people have this ministry. That's their own deal. I tell our church all the time, God's not going to call me into the bar ministry. I come out of that lifestyle. I don't line up with the word of God. That's not my ministry. I don't need to be in there. Pray him out of the bar into the church, pray him out of the bar and get home, go to their house and eat with them. I don't know. But according to the word of God, I cannot be doing that and putting myself in that situation. Amen. So point number four, so peace of God, number one, provision of God, number two, the plan of God, which is the word will be a lamp into your feet, a light into your path. And then last but not least will be the path of God, which is the second part of that number three. But I want to say this, that's your circumstances. Okay, God, what have you opened up for me? Here's what it says in Revelation 3, 7, and the angel of the church and Philippi, write the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. God has opened in his in circumstances. Now I'm not talking about looking at the word and praying necessarily. I'm talking about what's happening today. This is this is one of the hardest lights to line up. Because sometimes you think, well, this happened, so I need to do that. No, sometimes that can be the devil, and you have to be cautious. What do you do in that situation? Pray till you have peace. You know which one it is. There's two voices that are constantly speaking. It's almost like the cartoon. There's an angel on one shoulder, and then there's a devil on the other shoulder. And in our lives, constantly, the the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So you have to be careful, because sometimes he stirs up stuff to get you to make a decision, And really, he's trying to prevent you from seeing what God's going to do if you stay on the path you're on. 
But then the other times, God's beginning to close the door and you don't know. How do you know the difference? You pray until you hear from God. You pray until you get provision. He will provide you with his voice. When I have made any big life decision, I've heard his voice. Now, it may not be an audible voice, but I hear an impression. I hear him say, it's time. I've heard him say, need to stay. I've heard him say, it's time to go. I've heard him say, not in an audible voice in my ear, but I know in my spirit, if I don't do it, then I'll be disobedient. And it's called conviction. But that conviction does not make me feel bad. Oh, I'm a bad person. I'm going to be no good. That's shame. That's not conviction. Conviction in that idea, it's like I've said this before, an illustration God gave me. It's like you're standing there and then a swing hits you from behind. And when it does, it knocks you down. You're like, wow. But then all of a sudden you're lifted up and he says, you know, if you don't do this, it'll be wrong, but I love you and it's still your choice. See, I believe with all my heart, there's grace when we make wrong decisions, but there are some decisions that come at higher costs than others. One of the things that is we're going through now, I shared with you, is we're talking about a new building, and we have a contract on a new building to be able to move, and the appraisal's in, so it looks like that's all going forward here. It should be closed on the 28th, and our first full service will be on Mother's Day in 2023. That kind of dates this cast, but this podcast, but, but as we did, there were a lot of things uh, that God needed to provide the finances. You know, we were full in our sanctuary, so we need to be able to move. We were running two services and our first service isn't full, but second one is just packed out. And we, we were out of children's space, but we had a heart of the people that wanted to come together and give to this and do this. And so in all of these things, at the same time, I, there was only so much we could do. There was a bid. It was going up for auction, and we started putting bids to the realtor. There's only so much we could do, and we did that. And then by faith, there was a certain amount of that that we had to trust God to get. And he's been providing that, and we're over halfway there, so we're good. Uh, we're three-fourths of the way there. But I, we weren't going to trust. We could not go any higher. They said, you know, basically, here's where you need to be. I said, we can't. This is where we're going to. This is where well, it's all we can do. It's the only piece we had because that's what we could get. That's what God would provide. And through that, God, there is an act of faith for us for a small amount, but a huge part of it, God's taken care of and God's people's taken care of. But in that decision uh, to be able to move churches, the bottom line is the whole heart of the whole thing is to see people one for Christ. And remember that when you're making your decision, are you going to be able to reach people for Christ? Now you say, I'm not an evangelist. I, well, you might be able to invite people to church. And what you're doing is going to help his kingdom. Are you going to be able to do more? Are you? Is there going to take all your time you can't lead a small group? Is it going to take all your time you can't go to Sunday school? Is it Whatever it is, whatever aspect you're in in life, is this going to be a decision that's going to hurt and now I'm going to have to? And now listen, I'm not against if something happens temporarily because it happens. Some people have to work on Sunday. They can't be at church. They watch online. I understand that. That's fine with me. But I am saying when you make this decision and you have this desire to be in church more, you have this desire to be able to read the word of God more, you have the desire to be with fellowship with God's people more in a small group, is this going to hamper that for a long period of time? Is this going to hurt what you're really trying to do? Because God puts burdens down you to be able to help people one way or the other. We believe in our church that making a difference is the key to spiritual growth. And if you don't figure out how to make a difference, you won't last. 
Well, I know that's a heavy statement, but we believe it. To the core of our being, every person needs to learn in a church, in a church, how to serve in the kingdom of God to be able to make a difference with the people of God. Whether it's taking up an offering, whether it's opening the front door, whether it's counseling people, whether it's pastoring people, whether it's being a small group leader, a Sunday school leader, whatever it is, or is what you're going to do make it less possible for you to be able to do that stuff? And if that's the case, then you need to pray longer because you're not ready. And if it's an investment time, I tell people this is investments. I've had it in my personal life. If you're not willing to lose, you should not invest. Most people shouldn't invest because they're not willing to lose. But some, if you're willing to lose and you can afford to lose, then you can invest. Be very, very careful, friends, if you start a business. Boy, I'm going into rambling now. Be very, very careful if you start a business and you're going into business with people. You're locking yourself. Be careful. The Word of God says you should be equally yoked. Be not unequally yoked. If you're going into business, if you're signing up and you're going to have 50-50 in a company, make sure you're equally yoked. Those are some decisions that are according to the Word of God. But I hope this has been good to you today, friends. It has been a blessing to be back here with you and to share this with you. I just pray that you'll have the peace of God, that you'll look for provision of God, that'll be the plan of God, but then the path of God. God opens door that only God can open. He closes doors that only God can close. Supernaturally, God has closed doors in my life, and I didn't understand why, and it didn't make sense, but I had to look and say, oh my goodness, God, you're closing this door, and there's nothing I can do. And when he closed the door, I just said as fast as I could, yes, God, I'll do the next thing. That's what the last scripture said, that he who opens the door, no one will shut who shuts the door, no one will open. In your life and circumstances when things happen, when the door is closing, pray for the peace of God that you do the right thing. Friends, it's been great being with you today. God bless you. Until next time, don't forget to send in any questions or any topics that you would like for me to answer. God bless. God bless.